and welcome to episode 117 of My Pocket Psych, the podcast all about the psychology of the workplace. I'm Dr. Richard McKinnon. I'm a chartered psychologist and coach, and I'm joined by my co-host, Pilar Orti. Pilar, how are you doing? Well, I'm not going to change my regular answer, which is I'm doing great. <laughs> so hi, Richard. Hi, listeners. <laughs> it's always nice to hear someone is doing yeah. great yeah. Um, authentically. That's really, really nice. So um, what I'd love to talk to you about today is a concept that um, I posted about a little while back on our online community, worklifepsych.club. So a quick plug for that. <laughs> it's a completely free to join community all about personal development. And if you like this podcast, it's a great place to follow on those conversations online. If you're intrigued by these topics, they're the kinds of things that we discuss there. So you can find it at worklifepsych.club. But I'm aware that not all of our listeners are members, and I thought this would be a great opportunity to discuss this post in a little bit more detail. And it's all about the concept of rest. Mm. We talk about busyness a lot on this podcast and what we can do to step away from being busy so much. But actually, I thought it'd be really useful to talk about rest as an activity rather than as an alternative or when everything else is done. Does that make sense? Yes, and I find that helpful in the way that when when I take a break or when when I want to do nothing or very little or when I'm stepping away from work I was I feel a little bit like itchy like I like I'm thinking I should be doing something uh, and it does take a while to think that actually what you need to do now is stop call it rest so actually thinking of it as something as an activity might help exactly and if we want to get something done, we need to be intentional about deciding we're going to do it and making time mm. for it. As we know, otherwise it'll just be one of those tasks that gets procrastinated about and we feel guilty about. So I suppose the first thing is, a, is about making space for rest. And what's the first thing, what's the first mental image you have, Pilar, when I say the word rest? The first mental image is my sofa. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but my second image is coffee, as mm -hmm. in having a coffee, because my main way of resting throughout the day, and I think it's also quite interesting to look at the different kinds of resting, like I, I rest differently during the working day than I do when I'm off work. But the coffee image is me with my book for 10 or 15 minutes during the day is my image of rest. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And you? And, and it's going to be different for different people. I, I also think of my sofa here in the office that is used for periodic naps or um, reading, um, but also actually the active version of rest for me, which is to go for a walk. Mm. I love leaving this building and going for a walk around the dock. There's lots of things to see, but there's also an opportunity to just be alone with my thoughts. And that's a form of rest for me because it takes me away from screens, which are omnipresent, and it takes me away from a very familiar environment, the, these four walls of this office. Of course, there's sleep at night. There's the rest of being on the sofa at home. But I had a really good discussion when I was on my holidays the other week, um, and I, there was a, f a few of us together on the beach, and I was saying to a friend, I've just realized for the few days that we've been together on this beach, I've not put earphones in mm. to my ears once. And I would normally, I think, um, 
have a plan for these are the books I want to listen to, these are the podcasts I need to catch up on, when in fact what I really loved doing and possibly needed to do because I needed the holiday was just lie there, notice the sounds, notice what I could hear, um, hear the sea, hear the voices, and that was it, that was the rest. And the the difference it made, um, I couldn't calculate, but I could feel and it felt like not going to the office, which is a silly thing to say, but often coming back from these these uh, trips to the beach, I feel, oh, I got a lot done, which is crazy because that's not the purpose of me going to the beach. And actually pure relaxation, felt it felt absolutely qualitatively different. So it, it's different for each of us, right? Yeah, there's lots of stuff in there that I uh, want to comment on. <laughs> Uh, I so so a few things just uh, um, things I connected with the sometimes we might do things that actually um, are are more active than we thought and I, I'm going to pick you up on the audio thing on the fact that you weren't listening to anything and I listen to podcasts very regularly except when I am on holiday or away or changing mind so if I'm in Spain even if I'm working but I listen to podcasts less um, and there's two things one. They provide a form of rest listening to the podcast. So I, I'll go for a walk for an hour. But a lot of the time I feel like I cannot listen to a podcast that is about my job. I have to listen to a show about something else because I just need to rest the mind, take that break. At the same time, the constant listening of these materials, actually, I do need a rest from that as well. So, so I think mm -hmm. it's interesting as well. What do we need a rest from? Exactly. I think there's a one way we can think about this is as a continuum. You know, at, at one end of this continuum, it's standing up if you have a seated sedentary job mm. and maybe going to get a glass of water and just resting, uh, taking a break from being sedentary in a stationary position. At the other end of the continuum is sleep. You know, mm. and we need that. And I, I do bang on about that all the time, that it's something that we can take for granted and we can neglect. And it comes back to bite us. So if, listener, your mental image of rest was, well, I sleep each night, don't I? That You may be falling into one of those traps that that's the only form of rest that we can have. If you think of it in terms of breaks from things, that might be more helpful. And Claudia Hammond uh, wrote a great book, the, the Art of Rest. I really enjoyed that. And it was a function of asking the, you know, the British public, how they relaxed and rested and recuperated. And it just illustrated there's so many different ways of doing it. For example, I would never think of manual labor in the garden as being restful, but so many people do. Yeah, They think yeah. of that as, oh, I love to go out and relax in my garden, weeding and planting. And you can tell I'm not a gardener. All of those things <laughs> people do. But that, that, that is work for me and for someone else sitting still and reading a book could be really challenging, which for me is is really nice. So what we need to do is, is figure out how do we recuperate when it's not just the sleep at night, but how do we recharge the batteries and which activities and people and contexts leave us feeling more energized and not more depleted. And that, that really will differ from person to person. And it's a reflection point for each of us. Mm-hmm. 
Now, if we think of, you know what, I'm, I'm actually going to share the, the uh, quotation that started me thinking about this, and I shared it on the blog post on the community. It's from an uh, author called Alex Sujung Kim Pang. Rest is not something that the world gives us. It's never been a gift. It's never been something you do when you've finished everything else. If you want rest, you have to take it. You have to resist the lure of busyness. Make time for rest, take it seriously, and protect it from a world that is intent on stealing it. I sat with that for quite a while and thought, this Hmm. is really, really resonating with me as an individual, as a professional, that if you're not intentional about rest, you'll get to the point where you absolutely need it. And that's not ideal, is it? You'll be at that falling over stage rather than it's time for a rest. Well, that that's the the point you want to avoid is not resting regularly, even when you might not be feeling that you need it, and then eventually it becomes burnout. Exactly, and these things sneak up on us, mm. um, especially if our mind is set on rest, recuperation, and even sleep being um, unproductive or somehow optional. And in fact, we, we of course know and have known for decades the benefits that even short naps can give us in terms of our attention, our problem solving, our alertness. And in fact, we, we also know that the, the caffeine uh, hit that some people rely on only helps us with certain job related tasks, not, not all of them. And what we would be much better doing is having a very short nap than we would having another cup of coffee. And I say that as someone who starts the day and continues the day with, mm-hmm. with coffee in my office here. But there, there are so many pluses to taking a break and going for a walk. And I'll, I'll link back to our um, episode all about the power of or the health benefits of walking. Um, now, it's a while ago now, but it might be useful to have another listen to that um, with Professor Shane O'Mara at Trinity College, whose book, All About Walking, illustrates that you know our, our thinking is completely different when we're moving around walking, and it's excellent for problem solving and creativity. So the break we might need is from sitting, banging our heads against the problem, and actually going for a walk and thinking freely about the problem. The break we might need is from stale air in one place and to go and get some fresh air outside, if that's possible for us. But at at, at the very basic level, regardless of the context we're in, the mindset, I believe, is one of being intentional about rest and knowing that it it really needs to be part of our routine and not just at that point when we kind of collapse at the end of the day. Um, something came to mind. It, it it goes back a bit, Richard. I hope it's okay. But uh, yesterday, I, I bought my mother a new ebook reader, and there was a quote there that uh, the University of Sussex had done a study on the fact that reading for I don't know X minutes. Um, they've done a, a study that it it reduced stress in some people by quite a lot, two thirds or a third, and I found that really. Interesting. And I, I realized that yesterday in particular, I had stopped during the day to read and have coffee because I do both things together. They taste so good. <laughs> Three times during the day. And I think I really needed that. I think I needed, um, maybe it was more downtime or, yes, I mean, call it uh, whatever. Um, but I never, I, I just found it interesting that they'd actually looked at that. 
Absolutely. And, um, uh, you know, activities that are simply different f- from what we've been mm. doing serve a purpose. Activities that are intentional for us, like our hobbies and our pastimes, they can also provide us some of that as well. Um, but thinking of this as a continuum, I think it would be great if our listeners could identify several things along that continuum that they could do and build into their routine. Yeah. Because if we get stuck on the treadmill of busy, and if we think, and it, many, many people do, it doesn't take long to find these kinds of thinkers that, you know, productivity is about doing more, then we will um, make ourselves ill. At the very least, we, we won't enjoy what we do because it will be relentless. And I, I came across an online discussion the other day, and I won't link to it because it was positively toxic, but mm. one person was making big generalizations about different cultures and coming from North America was critiquing people for taking too long in Europe having their meals. And, you know, Oof. you could get this over with really quickly and be productive. And, and thankfully, lots of people responded saying, well, you know, if you think every waking hour you need to be somehow commercially productive, then that's, that's not a very happy life. When in fact, rest and recuperation involves, for many of us, time with others, time spent eating and enjoying that rather than I've got 15 minutes to wolf this down so that I can, you know, do more stuff. And again, it just underlined for me that our perspective on this can really be skewed by popular culture very, very easily. And we can end up feeling guilty for taking a break. And, and I think that knowing where we sit on that, so whether we really value getting a lot of work done as, as much as we can, and that's, that's one of our values, or whether we want to feel completely well every day and our physical health um, is incredibly important, rest helps all of that. Because as you're saying, if you want to, be, if you want to do great work and do the work um, in an effective way, you can't skip rest. So if you want to see it as, as a tool, I would say that if you want to see it as a tool to get you doing the work better and more productively, then use that. If you are more concerned about your well-being, then you can look at it as, well, this is really going to help my well-being. So I think whatever, whichever way you look at it, rest is really important. You, you're absolutely right. And if we do need a rationale for it, um, I, I covered this in a, in a workshop I was running um, just a while ago for some, for, for some new clients. I'm running a well-being program for them. And we were looking at the notion of making a fresh start with our well-being. And if we want to try something new and you know refocus on our health and well-being, that one of the great things that we can do is, is clarify our rationale for making these changes. So rather mm -hmm. than copying what other people are doing or waiting for January 1st, you know, we've talked about the psychology of fresh starts before, but we can, we can start tomorrow, but it's really useful for us to say, why would I want to do this? Why is it important to me? And um, I, I just shared a little example about weight loss and saying, well, why do I want to lose five kilos? And if you just keep asking yourself the question, yeah, but why? Why is that important to me? Why? You, you get the bigger picture or values perspective, which is, oh, I really want to enjoy my life for as long as I can rather than get quick wins now at the expense of my well-being. So you're, you're absolutely right. We, we need clarity on why we would want to do this, but then we really need to ensure that we do it and not fall prey to either guilt 
that we're not a mm. super machine. We're simply copying what other people do. And I, I'll just speak for myself here, but listeners may, may find this echoing in their ears. As time passes, our need for rest and breaks differs. Um, I know I looked slightly um, unflatteringly at colleagues in the past. Um, at, at their pace of work. And, you know, I'm 46 now. I know, Pilar, you wouldn't believe it to look at me, but I'm 46 <laughs> now. And actually, you know, one of my important things I do is is block out time um, at lunchtime and I have a nap every day. And actually, when I don't have that, I really miss it and I notice the difference it makes. And I know I'm really lucky to be able to do that because I don't think many people could just put their head down on the desk and not expect other people to ask them, what are you doing? But I think we do need to have a conversation um, um, culturally about the value of rest and breaks from work, whether it's for the long-term benefits in our well-being and society or for the short-term organizational benefits of more alert, more productive employees. Allowing rest is the best thing that we can do. We've seen this very, uh, I think, toxic trend emerging from um, lockdown, but it's continued from the lockdown experience during the the epidemic, which was people having back to back online meetings that mm. allow for zero breaks, zero rest, and you know having to request five minutes to take care of their bodily functions or get a glass of water. You know, part of being in a in a in a more realistic uh, working environment is one that acknowledges we cannot be at full tilt for eight hours per day. We need breaks to function as human beings. We're just not built to do that. And I, I see somehow a disconnect between, well, you're just sitting at home. Surely you're available to do this. And I just find that to be something that many people. Um, can't argue against. And I think this is one of the main things that we need to push back on, which is to say rest is as important as all of these other things. In fact, it's more important if you want someone to be alert and a good problem solver and a good manager of their emotions and work well with other people. I think there's a couple of things there. One is our expectation of others and just allowing them and being mindful <laughs> that they need rest. But also, uh, we talked in the episode about the inbox, about sometimes a sense of obligation driving how we behave. And I think that in a similar way, when we feel obliged to accept the meeting invitation because for whatever reason, because sometimes because we want to support whoever is calling that, that actually we've got to remember that in order for us to support them as best as possible, we need to be at our best. And that rest is really what can help us. So I think also this mindset sometimes where we prefer to do things for other people than ourselves, then this can help as well. It is supporting what, how we work with others as well. Absolutely. We're not machines. And we all know, if we just pause for a minute, we all know that we are operating at different levels of optimal functioning at different times during the day and at different days of the week. So the more we can pay attention to that and we can leverage that and we can use those rhythms to our advantage, but we'll find ourselves running out of rope very quickly if we don't invest in this with intention, which is either to treat sleep as importantly as we treat food, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and many, many people don't, or don't realize that they're not through some of the habits that they've acquired or some of the expectations they have of, of themselves. 
But we know what it's like when we haven't slept well. And we know what it's like when we haven't slept well for a while and what that does to us. So whether that's as employees or as family members or as friends, we're, we're not our best selves. So even if we took the step back and said, how can I make it more of a priority at the micro level during my day and at the macro level in my life, which of my values will I be living if I reprioritize rest, breaks, and sleep? Because they are at the very core of our well-being, our productivity, and our interpersonal effectiveness. And this is why I, I really go on about sleep um, all the time, much to the surprise of, of clients sometimes when we first start talking about priorities in the workplace. And I think if we mm. don't organize work and people in a way that allows people to rest, then it undoes all of the other good things you may believe you're doing for your employees. Mm. Totally agree. So I'd love to hear from our listeners about this because I, I know it can also be a sensitive topic that people feel that this isn't possible for me or this isn't something I need and I've got the proof. So let's talk about it. Get in touch. You can send us a message on Twitter at MyPocketPsych or you can send us a much longer email at podcast at worklifepsych.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you um, because, you know, there's such a um, variety of ways that we can rest, as, as we've um, heard already. And there's such a variety of ways that we can leverage that to be our best selves for whatever reason that is. So when we're done now, um, I'm going to have a rest. I'm going to have a rest from the screen <laughs> and from speaking and uh, make myself a coffee and work through some reading that I would like to do. It's still work, but it is a rest from this. And I know that I'll feel uh, reinvigorated to come back and do some more podcast work afterwards. What about you, Pilar? I will do the same. And it's, it's actually time for me to do uh, lots of recharging, including my second breakfast. So I will do that while I re read my book. I love the sound of a second breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, look, it's a short and sweet episode uh, this time around. I hope it's prompted some thought. We don't have a list of must do's and must don'ts because it's such um, an importantly subjective concept but we would love to uh, hear from you so do get in touch with your thoughts uh, but for now everyone thanks for listening thanks for downloading this episode of my pocket psych to get in touch with questions and feedback, you can tweet us at worklifepsych or leave us a message on the contact form at www.worklifepsych.com contact. Thanks for listening. <laughs>